Studios, it's the Balcony Show, coming to you from almost the top of the Poconos. Hi everybody, welcome to the Balcony Show. I am in studio for this very, very special show. We're going to have Brian Quinn the lead guitarist from Candlebox on the show later. What, what? What? So, welcome, Bo and Mad Cat. Are you ready for this interview today? Uh, absolutely. Excited. Yep. Yeah. Very excited. I was so excited, I almost kept driving around the freaking Poconos today. <laughs> <laughs> it's so important. Cruising on by the studio, and I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to be there. Yeah, it's a gorgeous day here, so. Yeah, Beautiful sunny day in the Poconos. So, anyways, but first, how are we going to start the show? That's right. Hit it, Dave. Useless facts. Facts that are freaking useless. Useless. Right, so here we are with another edition of Useless Facts. So I guess we'll just jump right in. Useless fact number one, reindeer like to eat bananas. I didn't know that. I don't even know how I would know that. <laughs> and we we even had, like, well, I mean, it was a Vietnamese deer, but, we, I mean, we, we had it, you know, the breed on but our property. But what? I wonder if all deer like to eat bananas. And so I think we should do an experiment. Let's have... Put bananas in the back of your pockets and send you out in the woods. And <laughs> Let me tell you something. And see if you attract. You get me within enough distance of a deer, those back straps are going to be on my grill. That's Stop it. Saying. You're not killing nobody. Oh, come on. Have you ever had deer meat? No, and I uh, will never. Oh, oh, no, it's good. I will so never. Good. It's good. No, me They're and Donna are at. like, oh, They're beautiful to look at, but you know, got to no, I you know, can't, you know what? can't leave I was, them overpopulate. Uh, Absolutely not. And if you watch a documentary on what happens to them if they're not yep. hunted and the herds aren't thin, it would change yep. your mind 100%. You'd be, that freezer would be full. Yeah. Let me just say that. Because watching can't. them starve to death is horrible. Yep. Yeah. And, it's, and it's weird because now you have, because the, they're smart, they learn. And there's so many of them that hang out now in clusters in developments. Uh, because they're not hunted. They're deer gangs. Yeah, basically. Like, yeah. customar- <laughs> customarily, when when the head buck when the head buck is of age, any other male deer scurry about. Right. But because they're protected in these communities and they're safe, now you have all these other bucks in there. And now you have two and three generations and this inbreeding know, when, starts and you get some weird looking. When they start showing know, up with bananas. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right. bandanas. Little deer walking around. I need some potassium Yo. today. <laughs> Bananas are good. (laughs) All right, so here we go. Useless fact number two. In the marriage ceremony of the ancient Inca Indians of Peru, the couple was considered officially wed when they took off their sandals and handed them to each other. Really? Now, see, I'm thinking... This is how my <laughs> this is how my brain is going. Uh-oh. I could see Mad Cat like down in Peru partying his ass off, and then waking up the next morning and he's got like I got an extra, somebody else's shoes. <laughs> Why don't these sandals fit my feet? <laughs> and they're going, they're going. Oh, congratulations! You're married. You're married. <laughs> like, what? 
Look, on some of the benders I've had, that's, I'm surprised <laughs> it hasn't happened already. <laughs> but I could so see. It just made me think. And I saw him down in Peru. Like, <laughs> Oh, my God. Are you, I don't know. Yeah, you might be married. We Maybe we shouldn't say that on the air. Uh, no. just don't say such things, period. <laughs> you know what I mean? My skin starts to burn. Oh, stop it. All right, useless <laughs> fact number three. In 18th century English gambling dens, there was an employee whose only job was to swallow the dice if there was a police raid. <laughs> Hello. Oh, the old cop is around the way. Hand him the bulb. He's going to swallow the dice. <laughs> Don't be cheeky about it, Bob. Just swallow the dice. <laughs> what is... I mean... I actually had to, like, look at the paper and reread that. Like, what? Could you imagine? <laughs> like, your only job was to sit there and drink... So, so you just sit there in a chair until like an emergency, you know. Are they big dice? Are they little? Are they gonna hurt? Are they gonna hurt coming out? I guess for both size matters. <laughs> like she's already weighing the options. Hmm, swallowing dice. Hmm, I don't size? think you would be a dice swallower. <laughs> hey, that could get dicey. <laughs> oh my All right. god. Just and dig, we're us right back. Yeah, dig yeah. us right out of this one. Useless <laughs> fact number four. A raisin dropped in a glass <laughs> of fresh champagne will bounce up and down continually from the bottom of the glass to the top. Did you know that? I didn't no, know that. I put that to the dro- test. We're going to do that next show. Okay. Next time, studio, what, Cinco de Mayo we're going to be in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's, let's, let's do we're champagne. We're going to put the raisin bounce to the test. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be bouncing raisins the next yeah. time. I mean, know. I can already understand why it would do it, but... Are I we just, getting I, all I've scientific? What? What? It, well, it's it, not like the Mexican jumping beans. No, you know but I mean? the like, champagne still, uh, it still aerates itself and c- continuously creates bubbles. So the, as the raisin sinks down, those bubbles are going to latch onto it. It's going to float back to the surface. The bubbles are going to pop. And the uh, if everybody could down. just see the bubble motion. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. How, yes, how do the yes. bubbles... <laughs> can't see that. <laughs> well. You know, I feel like I'm always under a microscope with her lately. You know what I mean? It's like suddenly. Know the feeling. Yeah. All right. So, useless fact number five. Whew, this is a long one. I got to take a breath here. The most unusual cannonball. On two occasions, Miss Rita Thunderbird remained inside the cannon despite a lot of gunpowder encouragement. To do otherwise, she performed in a gold lame bikini, and on one of the two occasions in 1977, Miss Thunderbird remained lodged in the cannon while her brawl was shot across the Thames River. <laughs> what? All right, now, What's exactly how here? big was her brawl to catch that much inertia? And did she live? I mean, that sounds like a hell of a boom to, blow her, to, to, to blow her boob strap <laughs> off across the freaking... If you're there to see this woman shot out cannon, and the next thing you see is that broad go, and it went all the way across the freaking... I can't even make because the Thames is huge. It is. It is. But you gotta be like... <laughs> but she but she, rem- she didn't come out. And that's what just, I'm saying. Just, just a freaking broad. I mean, did she have... Everybody's like, what? <laughs> did she have a set of games so large that she needed a parachute? 
I don't know. But, I mean, I think you should do some more research on this. I really uh, do. The mad cat wants to know. But who, who would have ever thought? I mean, there you heard Miss Rita Thunderbird. You know, speaking of such a heinous thing. I wonder thing. if they ever found the bra or the <laughs> bikini. I'm just. <laughs> yeah, who knows? My brother and I were driving down the road the other day out there in the illustrious Sailorsburg of our uh, our Pocono region. And we're driving. It's like, yeah, I, I always, you know, when I'm in the passenger seat, I always just stare out into the world as we're driving down the road. And then we're driving by this house. The, the old guy's out in the front lawn doing his thing. And there's the wife standing in the doorway, completely topless. And if she wasn't about 190 years old and those things were dragging on the ground, I'm a monkey's butt. I sit there, and, and my brother just happened to look the same way at the same time, and both of us are just aghast. <laughs> yeah. I like the aghast. I'm like, I'm like my God, don't put him away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my yeah. God, don't put him away. Well, we're going to get out of this and start tonight with our first song, and it's going to be from Mike Roy. Roy and the Secret People, and the name of the song is Phoenix, local act here. We love them. Shout out to Mike and the Secret People. So take a listen, and we'll be right back with the rest of the show.
Balcony Show, and right now we have the song Gasoline by Octane. And when we come back, we're going to be in the studio with Brian Quinn. So sit down, give it a listen, and here we go. So I kissed you goodnight And I kissed you goodbye But I never realized that it'd be forever. Oh no, no. Living in shame. Never knew which you to blame. I wish I All in your dreams Makes you wish they're true With the pedal to the metal And gasoline will arrive And I never realized Millions of miles between us There's a mile for every Every liar that's deceived 
Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Balcony Show, and we are very excited because we have the one and only Brian Quinn. You know him. He is the lead guitarist in Candlebox right at the moment, but he has a plethora of music and from the Eastern PA area, so he is a homie for us. Welcome to the show, Brian. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So glad to be on. So our listeners just heard uh, your first song from Gasoline from Octane. Okay. Um, Great. And this was the second, your second incarnation, the second band that you were in, correct? Uh, yes. Yeah, I did have a, uh, I had a metal band earlier than that. Burial uh, Ground. Or- yes. Yeah, at Burial Ground when, uh, you know, I was a teenager. Uh, and I did have... Um, a three-piece right when I moved to Philadelphia uh, that was called Visiting Black Hand, uh, but that wasn't around very long. But, uh, I formed that in Northeast Philly, um, and we weren't around, like I said, we weren't around very long. We did do a CD, but uh, out of that is how I met the guys from, from Octane, and that's when really stuff got rolling for me uh, in, the, uh, in the Delaware Valley. Well, you gave me two songs to choose from, and I chose Gasoline because I really liked it. Oh, um, great. I, I like how you... It seems to me with your songs that you uh, try to, to, to make some kind of a connection with your audience. Um, and, and I think that comes from, you know, uh, you, the influences that, that you I hear throughout and... Certainly, with the amount of touring that you've done, how does that happen for you, music? Why music? Uh, I just fell in love with it when I was a kid. Uh, my, both my brothers uh, are, were always interested in music. They had, uh, they had turned me on. Like my oldest brother at the time, when I, you know, I, I kind of started paying attention to what they were listening to. He was listening to Loverboy and Journey and uh, Jay Giles' band, and the Hooters. Um, and my next oldest brother uh, was in, uh, he dabbled in guitar. My next oldest brother was a drummer. And he uh, he's the one that really got me into like the, the heavier stuff, like uh, Led Zeppelin and Deep Purple. Uh, the Doors, um, Kiss was a, was a big one for me. Ozzy, uh, when I was really young. So yeah, I just got, I had a pretty, pretty big musical uh, swap there between the two of them. And, uh, yeah, I just fell in love with it. Ozzy Osbourne, Black Sabbath. Yeah, I, like, totally, like, played that music to death. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely some great inspirations to have right there. Yeah, and uh, Sabbath era Ozzy Osbourne is, that is my absolute favorite band ever. I can. that, That era. That's what's up. So you picked up the guitar, and you're now you've, you're at a point in your career where you are you're sponsored. Um, how does that feel? That you're so good that you know you're picked up by sponsors. You might want to mention them. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, well, that's that's something that I, as I got further and further into guitar and. I realized I wanted to do it as, you know, as my, as my career. Uh, yeah, because I saw all the guys I looked up to, the guys that I have, you know, posters of on my wall, they were 
with those companies. And being such a, a big fan of Kiss and um, Slash from Guns N' Roses and, uh, you know, Randy Rhodes from Ozzy and Zach Wilde from Ozzy, um, all those guys playing with the with the companies that are, of the guitars that I love, and then finally getting getting one. So, yeah, uh, I did a, got a, finally got a sponsorship. Once I uh, had joined Candlebox, I got a sponsorship with Gibson Guitars um, that I was thrilled over, and then... You know, just getting a string endorsement where I'm like, oh, this is, this is great. They're going to send me strings. <laughs> <laughs> this will save me a couple bucks. And then, the, you know, like, and the guitar picks and everything. So uh, I'm with, yes, so now I'm with uh, DR Strings. Uh, who they're, they're a really great company to be with. Um, they do, they're very artist-centric. So they, you know, they do send a lot of opportunities uh, to do, you know, to do some public appearance stuff and, when they're, they're always out at NAMM Music Conference and have their artists involved in demos and, and all that type of stuff. So, well, I know um, a lot of indie artists, that's what their their goal is, is to get to the point that, you know, they're getting promoted and picked up and stuff like that. So uh, our next song from you is going to be from Foster Child, Don't Let Go. You want to tell us something about this song, Brian? <laughs> Um, yeah, so that band was the band that I started. I, I believe that's around the time that I met Bo. Um, I'm and- sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't even defend myself. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and we were just spending a lot of time in the Lehigh Valley at that point because our yeah. drummer was, uh, I started Foster Child with Kevin Miller from Fuel. He had that's just right. recently departed. Oh, that's Fuel. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know so, who Kevin is. I think yeah, Kevin so, just rehooked up with Fuel, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he did. And I, I'm very happy that he did because I know that it, it, it seemed like it didn't end on great terms. And I'm glad that they kind of got back together and, and are, are hashing all that stuff out. Yeah, time, the, uh, time heals all wounds. It does. Yes, <clears> exactly. And the pandemic and, uh, certainly has taught us that. You know what? There's some BS out in our lives that like just needs to be put to rest, and we want some good music to get us through yeah. and keep us like moving forward. Right. Exactly, and I was very happy that uh, that that's going on for him. But yeah. So we we ended up forming this band well, like not long after he had departed Fuel, and uh, we signed a, a record contract pretty quick thereafter um, uh, with the subsidiary of Warner Brothers, and um, we we made a record. And that was one of the songs that came out of it. It was one that uh, we. Uh, it was a pretty big collaborative effort on that song. We're all we were all very proud of it because the majority of the writing, uh, you know, I would write the music and the chorus and the chorus stuff, and then Dan, Danny would help. Danny Beisel would help me fill in the, like the verse melody and the verse lines. That's just kind of how we worked, and it it it, it always worked. And uh, Brian and I, that's how we worked a lot on. Um, on the octane stuff, the songs that I sent you, I tried to like pick and choose ones that, uh, other than gasoline, they were more of a collaborative effort with everyone. Okay. Um, nice. Rather than uh, gasoline, I did write that was I, I had written that song when I was still in college. That was even before I had uh, visiting Black and Power Trio. But um, you can hear you can hear the progression. In in the songs, and I think as our listeners hear this, they're going to see and hear and hear the growth just in 
in terms of where you were at the time. And so I think that's fantastic. And to, to be able to listen to your work, basically, and how much you've changed and, and what work what your work accomplished. Yeah, you know you, what I mean? You hear a solid evolution from yeah, each, from absolutely. each thing. So that's really, it's really great. Yeah, I, and I appreciate it. And it, the other thing that I, when I thought about those songs, uh, not really so much with the Candlebox song, but uh, with the others that I had sent, uh, is kind of like, I'm a, I'm a huge fan as far as my writing style of that big hook at the end that just keeps repeating, 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 that's to try to get someone to press the repeat button. Right, right, yeah. right. There you go. All right, with What's that, we're going to take a break real quick and um, take a listen to Don't Let Go by Foster Child. And we'll be back to talk more with Brian Quinn. Take a listen, everybody. As we wave goodbye in denial, I'll reach for you.
And we are back on the Balcony Show. We have Brian Quinn. So, Brian, tell us, man, yes. what, are you, what are you looking forward to now that everything's getting uh, somewhat back open and a little bit more normal so you can start to trickle back into our lives? <laughs> if there is such thing as normalcy <laughs> yeah. anymore. <laughs> Good, well, the stage is really, I, that's it. Like, my, my favorite thing to do is, is to perform on stage. That's, that's my favorite part of everything that that I do that I've done in the music industry is you know I, I don't mind making records um, but I love I, I love performing on the stage when it when it's done because that's the, the finished product and the culmination of all the hours and years of practice yeah no doubt yeah, no that's doubt. awesome go up, go up there and do it you know Brian we saw on your Facebook uh, that you did some live shows this past weekend give us a uh... Give us a little hint of what that was like after all these months of, you know, the the industry pretty much being shut down. Uh, yes. So, I mean, dude, when the pandemic hit, I, I just tried to make sure that I wasn't going to be out of work with, you know, with music being my my primary um, my, my primary job. Uh, I just was trying to figure out how to keep money coming in. So I dove head first for about a week just into everything I could learn about doing live streams. So I was up and running by, you know, by the following week with the live stream rig and being able to um, do that uh, on, I was doing that on Friday nights uh, for a while. But yeah, now that everything's starting to lift and we're getting back to some kind of sense of normalcy, uh, my friend Paul Hammond, who is the guitar player in Get the Let Out, a really popular Led Zeppelin tribute band, um, he, we started doing a thing uh, called Paul Hammond and Friends. Just to, it was just basically a time killer and just to jam together because everybody, we never really had a chance to because they tour so much and I, I was on the road nonstop with Candlebox. So we actually had a chance to sit down and jam. He's one of my best friends. We spend a, spend a lot of time together anyway. Oh, cool. So, uh, and we're neighbors. We live in the same neighborhood. So um, he said, let's... Uh, Let's put something together. So, you know, a couple of the other guys from Get the Let Out were interested in it. And we had kind of like a revolving door of, like, uh, keyboard guys and drummers. So we just started getting together at the Bridgeport Rib House. Um, when when uh, things started to ease up, we were doing outdoor gigs. And, uh, down, and that's in Bridgeport, Pennsylvania, right near King of Prussia. And, yeah, um, Paul had just called me and said, hey, Sellersville wants to do something when these restrictions get a little lighter. And, you know, we could have this many people. So initially it turned out we were only, I think, able to have, when they first wanted to do it, we were only able to have like 30 people inside the building. We are like, ah, eh, man, it's, let, let, maybe let's wait on it a little longer. And it went up to, uh, by the time it came back around, they had available dates. We were allowed to have 160-some-odd people in the room. And it would hold, you know, it's a small theater that holds maybe about 350, 400 people. So, yeah, we were able to sell tickets. And we also got to sell live stream tickets. So it went great. And we just did a bunch of cover songs that we love to play. So we did some, the band, Willie Nelson, Grateful Dead, um, and quite a bit of Led Zeppelin. It was just all stuff that we were we were. Uh, really into the band and Bob Dylan are, are huge influences for me. Especially. Nice. Wow. So you've shared the stage with quite a few people, Metallica, Disturbed, Three Doors Down, Seven Dust. 
Three Days Grace. I mean, Godsmack. It's just, I could, you know, be here for the next hour reading, <laughs> reading the list. Was there any full circle moment for you where you, like, had the opportunity to share the stage with somebody that was an influence to you? Uh, yeah, I would say we did a show in Octane opened, uh, we opened for Slash's Snake Pit. It was, you know, long before the Guns N' Roses reunion. That was huge for me because uh, Guns N' Roses and Appetite for Destruction, especially, that was the first album I bought with my own money. Um, that was, <laughs> and his guitar playing was just un- unbelievable. And I got it to like the week it came out, I remember like playing this day, July of '87. It was such a game changer uh, that album, man. Uh, it's just, it's, it was so cool then, and it still is cool now. Yep. And uh, I just I, I went. Those were such I, great uh, times in music. I don't know for me. Yeah. I, I'm I'm a you know big hair '80s rock chick hanging out at the Cat Club, Lemoore's, <laughs> in Brooklyn right, yeah. and Manhattan, yep. and the Ritz when it was open back in the day, and. God, I miss those days. So you, yeah. d- so you got a chance to meet him, or? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hey, super cool. Um, so prior to meeting him, his his tech at the time, uh, his, his name was Adam, was uh, he, he, you know working on all his guitars, and I just walked over. And I was like, hey, man, I, I'm a huge fan of, the, of Slash. I just like to check out some of the stuff he, and he, you know, showed me his whole rig, walked me through everything. This is what he uses on this and this, and he, this was on Appetite for Destruction, and this guitar was on this. So that was a cool thing. He was like, you know, he's probably still here. Let's grab a picture and go meet him. So we we never got a picture, but he he was like, yeah, he's back in his room. Come on. So we went back and I got to say hello to him. We got to talk for a few minutes. So that was kind of a, that was a big thing. And I, I normally don't get starstruck, but just a guy that had that much, you know, and I was only, 22 or 23 years old at that point. So yeah, I but you were doing that far it. Removed. Yeah. 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 I wasn't all that far removed from, you know, posters on my wall as a kid. Right. Um, so what would you tell independent artists now? Cause we focus a lot here on the show on independent artists. What would you tell them? Um, just as a, a word of advice, like I, I um, don't want to. No, no, no. Yeah. I, uh, just it's it's really about the work at the at the end of the day. I mean, you just gotta you're uh, without sounding cliche, you really do only get out of it what you put into it. It, it requires your full attention. It's it's just at least uh, that's what I found in in my journey to do do what I did. I was relentless on networking and meeting people. And a, a good example of that was I, I went into college and got a bachelor's degree and. Coming out of college, I purposely took a job at Tower Records because I knew the label reps were trying to sell their new bands. Ah, so, you're smart. See, very, very good. Yep. So, what was your degree I, in? Uh, I got my degree, uh, my bachelor's degree in music ed- or on uh, history education. Secondary. Oh, very cool. See, there you go. Smart I, move. I got my minor in music. I was a, a music major, guitar, classical guitar major for my first couple of years there, but um, I just. Kind of, it wasn't what I expected it to be. I thought it was going to be a little more Berkeley School of Music. It wasn't wasn't that. Um, so, and I had accumulated so many credits in music. I did get my minor in it, but a lot of them didn't transfer. So it took me. An extra yeah, we all. Year <laughs> oh yeah. To, to graduate, you know. But taking that job at Tower Records was really 
probably the best move I ever made. It was it paid nothing at the time, but uh, didn't matter. You put your, I, you put yourself in the path of what you wanted to be. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right in the crosshairs of it, in fact, because the guys that I met from there, uh, you know, dude, that was when Roadrunner was really getting hot with Nickelback, and um, the, uh, the, the label that um, uh, Evanescence was on. Uh, I, I can't remember. It was it may have been. It could have been Republic. Just Universal. the fact that it, you were in the path of the, her label. Come on, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and and at that time with yeah yeah exactly and in, in, with Universal, um, I think it was through Reprise maybe. Uh, that's how I got, formed a friendship with the guitar player from Disturbed. Was directly from those the label reps that came through Tower Records in Northeast Philly. So now you're in Candlebox. Mm -hmm. How how did you get to Candlebox? How did that happen? Who approached you? Uh. Yeah, so um, that that story with Kevin. That, so that was with Foster Child when we had signed with that uh, with that label. Candlebox War had been just finishing like a six year hiatus. Um, to uh, I, I really don't know what the exact parameters of it were, but it, they were off for six years. So it, they were doing a comeback record, and that ended up being the Into the Sun album for them. And Foster Child, we were recording Independence Day, which was our debut. And we did a label showcase together in New York City at a uh, at a club that was there. It was owned by Duff McKagan, Scott Weiland. Wow. I can't remember the... Uh, I always forget the name of it. Oh, what I, it, it was right near um, Penn Station. Anyway, we're in Greater Madison Square Garden. So we did a label showcase there, and that's where I met Kevin. And he saw Foster Child and was, was blown away and said he wanted to meet the singer and guitar player from the band. So we ended up hanging out with him that night. And just him being him, he stayed in touch with me over the years. And uh, he was in York, Pennsylvania, recording a, a side project years later. Uh, he had a side project with Morgan Rose from Seven Dust. And... Uh, he called me and said, hey, I'm out in New York. Uh, the, guy, the guys from Live that own the studio, we're in their, their recording studios. You want to come out and play on a song? So I went out and played on a song, and, and oddly enough, he said, I want something really Tony Iommi. I want something Black Sabbath for this song. Oh, wow. So I, was like, I, was like, well, I think <laughs> I could cover that. <laughs> so um, That's crazy, yeah, Brian. I did solo. Yeah, I did the solo on that record uh, for that song, and uh, he... I was packing up to leave. He's like, where are you going? I go, all right, I got to get back to Philly. He's like, do you, you want to play on another song? I was like, yeah, sure. So uh, out of that, they had invited me to join that side project that they had. It was called uh, Leprojet, uh, L-E-P-R-O-J-E-T. All that, all that stuff is on uh, a YouTube channel that you can see and check out for, for nothing. Yeah, check it um, out. Um, so... Yeah, I did that. I did that stuff with him, and then not long after I got there, he... He told me at that session that they were thinking about personnel changes with Candlebox. And I said, well, just keep me in mind, man. Give me a call. And he did. Wow. He gave me a call, and I said, where and when for the audition? He was like, you already did it at that session. So nice. he was like, when can you start? Once again, you put yourself in the path. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, throw yourself yeah, in front of the bus, folks. <laughs> yeah, really, that's it. And you know what? The one thing that I that have always done is, if there's a direct piece of advice, show up early, show up over prepared, and show up sober. If you there know, you go. Those, those three things you will Amen. always work. Amen. <laughs> so, the for the last song, you we're going to hear "Alive at Last," and this is off of the brand new uh, album "Wolves." For Candlebox, this is uh, uh, Wolves isn't released yet. So this is uh, Alive at Last is off of our last LP, Disappearing in Airports. Okay, uh, I'm sorry. No, oh, uh, it's all good. Yeah, Wolves isn't out yet. We did release two singles from Wolves so far, but um, it's it won't be out until September 17th. Nice. Okay. So you want to set this up for our listeners? Uh, yeah. So th- this is one of my favorite tracks on. Disappearing in airports. We were very proud of this record. It got some really good reviews, and we were just proud of it because writing with Candlebox is a little bit different than the writing that I did with other bands, uh, where we, it's very stream of consciousness. So we wrote with Disappearing in airports and this our new record coming out. We wrote like thirteen or fourteen songs just from like some iPhone voice memo ideas. Like somebody hummed into the phone or just played a couple oh, chords cool. into it, kind and we wrote like, yeah, so yeah, and we wrote for both records, like for disappearing in airports, we wrote I think fourteen songs over in like three or four days, and then recorded them in two weeks. Nice. So there's never there's never any time to really think. And alive at last is a, uh, a personal one. We had a couple friends uh, that followed Candlebox that were were sick um, with terminal cancer. Oh no. And. This is the kind of our tribute to them about their journey, their journey through it. All right. Well, listen, Brian, I want to thank you so much for coming on, spending a little time here on the show. Uh, please keep in touch, especially when you get your new album out. Um, Wolves, we'd like to reconnect with you. But we're going to end things tonight with your song from Candlebox, Alive at Last. All right, listen, you have a great rest great of the job. day. Thank, Thank you, you again so much for being a part yeah, of the show. For being on, Take Thank care, you. man. I appreciate you having me on.
and welcome back to The Balcony Show. Up next, we have a song called Vivid Dreams from the band Avon Park. Please give it a listen, and we'll be right back.
was Vivid Dreams by Avon Park. Up, wow, we're we're at the end. You seem so surprised. <laughs> I can't believe I may make it through these things once in a while. <laughs> but hey, with you, <laughs> and <Wow. laughs> there we go. What a way to end it. Nah, hey, Mad Cat. Mad what, what would our show be without you? Just saying. What do we always tell you? What? We love you. We Mad love Cat. you. Uh, don't buy that, folks. I'm always, I'm, <laughs> I'm always abused. It's all right. We I'm still abused. love you. Yeah. I'm attacked. Attacked. So special thanks for Brian Quinn for being a part of the show. Wow. Candlebox. Can't wait for their new album, Wolves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Looking forward to it. I saw them. Uh, I saw them a few years ago. Did you down at uh, down at Crock Rocks back in the day? Aww. Yeah. Well, not really back in the day. I mean, it was you know it was Crock probably, Rock. probably like around two thousand eleven. You know, man, what a show! What a show! And dude can scream. Yeah, I love little venues like that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I so love, intimate yep. and so cool. Yeah, nothing pretty about it. Well, when you first walk in, it's nice because you got the pizzeria there, the gift yep. shop. Yep. And then you go through the double doors, and then it's just like you know. Boom! Almost like a warehouse, but it's, it just screams. Okay, some some rock and roll is about to happen here. Oh yeah, but now I don't think I can handle. I'm so claustrophobic. Oh my god, I think I'd freak out. Really? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I don't. You know what? The Ooh, mash... I don't want anybody like sweaty touching me. Yeah, ma- and the mat. I don't like mosh pits. Uh, I, you yeah. know, I was never. I was never. Yeah, I was never a mosh pit person because I am a claustrophobe as well. But I mean, it's like, but when I'm at a concert, I can handle being. Down to the, you know, down in the crowd. Uh, I years ago I had saw uh, seen um, Judas Priest on the Painkiller tour up at the Kingston Army up in the Scranton, and we're sitting there. And now I'm not in the mosh pit, but I'm right by it, you mm-hmm. know. And then I have my girlfriend in front of me, and I'm basically holding back the entirety of the building. <laughs> okay? And I'm thinking, you know, it's it's 1990, so she's yeah. wearing like this half shirt, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, everything's great. Next thing you know, I see her bra fly up on stage. And now, now, how's that half shirt working? Not well at all. So now I'm literally, I'm, I'm slugging people and, you know, just shoving people away. And I'm literally tossing them into the mosh pit. Okay? <laughs> because stay away from my girl's boobies. You know what I mean? So now, next thing you know. <laughs> oh, my God. This, this kid comes running up the back. Had nothing to do with my girlfriend. But this kid, and he was so tiny, heading towards the mosh pit. And he goes down. And everybody's just freaking, they're just on him. And I, I just dove in and grabbed the kid out of there. I'm like, that's not a place for you, kid. You're 60 pounds. Get out of here. Yeah. You know? Wow. Yeah, we lost a buddy of ours, too, with that show, too. We're like, Where, where's Ray? Where's Ray? <laughs> Actually, we see this body fly over top of us. <laughs> oh, my over God. the barricade at the stage, and then security just hemmed him up. Wow. But we yeah. didn't see him either. Crazy, the show. T- crazy <laughs> times, the Mad Cat, man. I know. They're, what the they heck? Were great times, period. Yeah, they, they were. Great were. times, period. Yeah. And Rob Halford on that on that uh, painkiller tour, man, Megadeth opened up, you know, the energy of just everything that was going on. And Rob Halford just had that freaking. You metal know what? God I think everybody is like. That stage. Everybody is like, they just want their concerts back and live shows. You they know do, what I mean? I Everybody's just. Bad tired yeah but you know it's so cool all the artists that we've had on recently they all seem to um have have some of their schedules kind of lined up with some live shows so we can go see constantine i think he's going to be down in asbury park new jersey i want to go on the cruise yeah he's going to do a cruise in around manhattan which Um, is really cool 
Brian Quinn's got some shows probably coming up, like his solo, but right. also a candle box. Who I mean, there's a ton of artists that have things going on. So yeah, can't wait. We'll for be them busy to... this summer. Hopefully, absolutely. All right, with that, I'm going to get us out of here. We're going to end with a song from another local artist, Christian Porter, super talent. Uh, Take a listen to his newest song, Ball and Chain. So with that, I'm going to say goodnight, everybody, from the Balcony Show. We'll catch you next week. Peace! Let's go out when no one goes Take the less traveled path and road See some places we've never seen Like all the ones in that magazine Live out all the dreams before This endless story about us Cause it's about me, it's about you It's about all the things we want to do It's about life, it's about change It's about making me go insane Ball and chain Let's take some chances Go somewhere I don't know And I hope you don't despair Climb a mountain One step at a time Stride. Live out all the dreams before they rust. Write this endless story about us. Cause it's about me, it's about you, it's about all the things we want to do.
And that's what's up.